This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Man City turned the tide and win 2-1 against PSG in the first leg. We got Jimmy Conrad, Kego Lasso. Champions League Wednesday recap begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso, our Champions League Wednesday recap. Jimmy Conrad, what a game. Man City to PSG. Uh, so much to <laughs> Jimmy, how are you, sir? I, I, I feel like we should talk about this game one half at a time because absolutely it, it was definitely a tale of, of two halves. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's focus. This, this was crazy uh, because just like you said, the momentum, if, if, if momentum was like a, a soul or like a ghost and confidence too, it left Man City. And then, I mean, sorry, it left PSG and then it transported to Man City after the De Bruyne goal. But let's do exactly what you said. Let's focus on the first half. PSG, guns blazing. They honestly made Man City look average. Talk to me about that first half. Yeah, incredible performance by PSG. I thought they did an excellent job of pressuring the ball, not allowing City to establish that rhythm that they're known for. And not only that, it was one thing to break up plays, right? It's another to actually dictate the pace of the game. And I thought PSG maybe taking cues from what they did against Bayern Munich in the first leg of the quarterfinals where they took it to Bayern, even though that game was in Germany and this one is in Paris, they still went at them. And I thought that they put City under a lot of pressure. And this was the first time that I've seen City all season look like they couldn't wait for the halftime whistle to blow. They just didn't have any answers to the problems that were persisting. I knew that when PSG only had one goal at halftime and they were going to give Pep that 15 minutes to get his team readjusted, PSG could be in a little bit of trouble. Now, that said, I didn't think City were still lights out to start the second half. I mean, it was they were dictating the terms, right? They, they got the grip of the game back and, and they made some slight tactical adjustments to not allow Neymar and Mbappe to get the ball in a meaningful way like they were consistently in the first half. But they got that little bit of luck, which I think is what has been eluding Pep in his Champions League uh, adventure, let's say, when Messi's not in his team, right? He, he couldn't do it with Bayern Munich. He hasn't been able to do it with City. He's been lacking a little bit of that luck, and today I think he got it. And once they got that first goal from Kevin De Bruyne, which I like to call a Schross, half shot, half cross, <laughs> then <laughs> they, I'm going to trademark that. Then, then you definitely should. <laughs> the Schross. And then, <laughs> then City relaxed. And when City's relaxed and their confidence comes, to your point, then it – they changed. They're a completely different team. And then PSG just, they didn't have any answers and they didn't have enough leadership out on the field to solve those problems. They got a red card. They were just kicking people at that point. They were frustrated. They gave up another goal. They shouldn't have given up the, the wall breaks. I was like, is, is Cristiano Ronaldo in that wall? Is this Juventus? You know, I've seen this before. Then, then that just, they broke at that point and there was no way they were going to regain their composure. And now, now they have a week to regain their composure and try to get something in Manchester for like two. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I just want to go back to the first half for a second because uh, once again, Marquinhos shows up, a tremendous player. I, I tweeted a little bit something about him and everybody was like, he's 26. Everybody thought he was like 35 or 30, but he was just a perfect example of how confident PSG were. Angel Di Maria was everywhere. Neymar was doing so well. And to your point, Man City even needed a few minutes in the second half to get going. And the moment De Bruyne scored, obviously, Ashloss, <laughs> I love it. Uh, and the moment uh, that Schloss happened, and, you know, I think, yes, Kaylor Navas, not like Kaylor Navas to make that kind of mistake, but De Bruyne's ball was that good because it was so tricky. Was it the responsibility of the center back or was it the responsibility of Navas? It, it just bounced in the, in, the, in the worst possible place. And to your point, You need fortune in this game. You need a little bit of luck. You need a little bit of that extra serendipity that can maybe help you do it. And, and once that happened, and you could see Navas was like, what the hell? What, what just happened? <laughs> and I feel like the entire PSG squad were in that mindset for the following 10 minutes. They, they were trying to, they were still thinking about the first goal that they just conceded as opposed to, all right, let's move on, which was very... On Pochettino, to be honest with you, it, it was it was well, weird. Well, maybe maybe Pochettino did bring something with him from Spurs, right? That's bottling bottling big games. You know, he's he's a bottled job, and I'm sure all he the couldn't shake the Spurs of him. He couldn't. He couldn't. It's, <laughs> it's still with him, whether he wants to accept it or not. What I'll say with regard to Kevin De Bruyne's goal, and when everybody gets a chance to see it, if you haven't, take a look at it. It's a spot on the field where a lot of free kicks happen where he ends up, because he has time on the ball, he picks up his head and he whips the ball into, into the box. What coaches more often than not tell you when you're working on it in training is, put it in this spot so that if everybody misses it, it still goes on goal. Because yeah. the goalkeeper will be frozen because the goalkeeper's trying to react to anybody that might get a little flick on it. So that's exactly what Kevin Dubuena did. We worked on it all the time with the national team at the club level, that if you're going to whip that ball in, on that in-swinger towards the goal, that just make sure it's on frame because it still might have a chance to go in. So that was something that I think Kevin De Bruyne maybe wasn't exactly thinking about, but I'm sure he swung his leg so many times with that in mind that just was a natural hit for him. So they got a little bit of good fortune there. And then I think when I think about the second goal with regard to PSG, Leandro Paredes, who I think is a fantastic player, very aggressive and, and does his job very well. He drew a foul there that I don't think he needed to draw. And when we look back at certain goals and we can do this ad nauseum, there's just these one little tiny mistakes. And when you play against a team like Manchester City, you're going to get punished for those half mistakes, especially in a Champions League semifinal. And yes, the wall broke and we can talk about Navas maybe could have done a little bit better, though you can't ever expect your wall to break in that particular instance. So I don't blame him for that at all. And I think I don't really blame him for the other goal either because he's waiting for John Stones to maybe get a flick on it or anybody else. He maybe will probably hold himself accountable and say, I should still get that to your point about how that was it. Navas would save that if he was wearing a Real Madrid kit, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just, I just think there's those little moments to, to your point where if, if Paredes, if, if the team shape was better, if they weren't feeling like they were chasing the game, they allowed themselves to get frustrated. So it should have stayed one, one, And then it turned into 2-1 because they couldn't keep their composure. And I think that's the biggest concern with this PSG team is that you can always feel like they're on the precipice of exploding. And Neymar is really the, the talisman for that because he's so emotional. And I think he's done a good job in the last couple of months in particular since he's come back from injury to keep those emotions in check and really just play. And even today, you knew City were going to kick him, try to get him out of his game. 
and he just gets up and keeps going. And sure, he'll roll around every once in a while, but but for the most part, he kept his emotions in check. And now you have Paredes who gets upset. Verratti can get upset at times, and and so that's where I think PSG failed. It was more mental than anything else. I'll tell you one thing: Kylian Mbappe was very quiet for his he standards, was. and I think that. And we said this before. I think it was today was a good example of how he really needs to be the target man. He needs to be the one by himself. And then the midfield protect. I think when Neymar comes in and Angel Di Maria comes in, and Neymar, by the way, played such a free role for the first 60 minutes. He was everywhere. He was on the left. He went right in the center. And that doesn't help Mbappé, I think. Mbappé needs to be that target man uh, that specifically if you're going to counter against uh, a Man City that may lose possession sometimes, not always, obviously. And I think it didn't help him. And he was very, very quiet. And that really, I'm, I'm really thinking now how Pochettino is going to address the second leg. Uh, obviously, he's not going to sit Neymar. And obviously, he's not going to sit Mbappé. But then I'm thinking, is it that obvious? I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? The Mbappé one is tough because he came off on the weekend with a thigh injury. So he wasn't 100%, you think? Uh, it's possible. I mean, he still looked like he was could blow by people, wasn't thinking about it too much. But you don't know. We don't know, right? So he, even Mbappe at 85%, is going to be better than most people around the world. So, so absolutely. I, I, don't, I just don't know exactly. And, and that could be a question mark as to that. I think in a week's time, he'll be, uh, uh, well, he'll be healthy, hopefully. But to your point about, when Neymar and Di Maria come inside, it gets harder for him to find the space. And I just think City's one of the best defensive teams in Europe. I think the stats. Yeah, that's the okay. other thing. They're very good. They're I mean, very good. You know, Ruben Diaz and John Stones, I think, got better as the game went along. As I, well. I agree. I agree. Uh, they didn't I, get isolated too much. I think it's one of those things where if you can suffocate the service to Mbappe, then you don't have to worry about Mbappe. And I thought that City did a better job of that, especially in the second half when and you know what? Fair, Neymar's fair. influence and Mbappe's influence were a lot less. And you know what? Fair play to Carl Walker as well. I thought he had a very, very good game as well. Uh, you know, but like everything just shifted because, you know, the, the first 45 end and you're thinking, Man City needs to wake up. And they did eventually. And I got the result right, Jimmy, but just the wrong teams. <laughs> Man City I had a, I had a draw. To draw both teams scoring, and, and for about 10 minutes, I was buzzing. But uh, I, again, I'm just a little disappointed, and I think Pochettino will be as well. And all the PSG fans that that when the game went to 1 1, yeah, it you could feel it tip a little bit when it didn't have to. PSG were doing more than enough right things to still stay in control of the game, but they didn't adjust well to the tactical shifts that Pep had at halftime or what the players were making on the field and adapting to, to P it's like, it's like PSG. And this is what's interesting. And this is something that I'll learn as a coach when I'm trying to evolve into that, that space as well, just because things are kicking ass in the first half, you know, the other teams making adjustments to what you just did in the first half. So then to roll out and eh, just, just keep going with that. That clearly worked. It's not going to work in the second half in the same way because the other team's going to make adjustments to what you were doing to have success. So you have to be prepared for that. And you have to have your players get prepared for that because if they're not, then they're going to look like that second half where all of a sudden they get frustrated and they don't have any answers as to how do we, how do we get out of this situation? I've been, I've been in those situations before uh, with the national team and been playing some big games. And when you're looking around at each other, you're like, how are we playing out of this again? You know, this other team's got the momentum. How do we get that back? And only some of the best teams in the world know how to get that back. And even the best teams in the world sometimes have trouble with that as well. So that's a, a unique gift. And I don't think PSG will ever climb this Champions League mountain unless they can figure that part of it out.
You know, these both these managers didn't use that many subs. Man City just used one. Sinchenko came in, and then uh, Pochettino just used two. I really thought Moise Keane maybe could have come in and, and do something, but maybe he's saving a little bit for that second leg when it gets really desperate. But sometimes I'm like, why wait? Just try and get something now. Uh, it's just, it's baffling. What's going to happen with, you know, Idrissa Gueye now with the red card? You know, things to think about for Pochettino now, especially in the midfield. Obviously, Verratti and Paredes, but... Under Herrera, maybe, but he's not, obviously, he's not an Idris Aguay kind of player. So you would think that Danilo would probably come in there. Maybe even Marquinhos, right? Now he has to leave uh, the center back role. You could put Marquinhos, Pereira is another option for them. The hard part is now that they've given this lead to Manchester City, two all or very important away goals, now they have to go chase the game. And the problem with PSG chasing the game is that that's going to leave gaps for Man City to exploit. And that's not a great spot to be in. The worst time. team that yeah, you want to do is. that is against. It really Man. is. It really is. And so, you, to your point, under Herrera, it probably doesn't fit that bill, right? You want you want somebody that can probably go both ways. Under Herrera is a, is a good workhorse, and he'll do everything you ask him to do. But he's not going to be the one that dances through a couple players like your other ones. And and I think you need a little bit of that. So that Neymar and Di Maria don't have to drop so far back to get the ball. And that's really key. And I thought City got better at that, to your point earlier about Stones and Diaz getting better as the game went along. The whole team did, right? They they just kept pushing Neymar a little bit farther away from goal, Di Maria a little bit farther away from goal. So every time they picked up the ball, they had 60 yards to get an opportunity. I mean, that takes it out of you. By the time you hit the 60th minute, you're like, God damn it, I got to run 60 yards against this City defense that's yeah. super aggressive to get something. It's, it's, it's not easy to keep that up. But man, they looked fantastic. PSG in the first 45 minutes, were, were maybe the best 45 minutes I've seen from them in a long, long time. But I don't think City had seen anything like that uh, this whole season. So now, you know, all right, so let's play a little game here. Uh, <laughs> as, as we're now thinking of the second leg. I, I don't know why, but I feel that PSG are still in this. It's PSG, it's only a goal, but they do have to chase it. Well, it's not only a goal, they have to score two, obviously. Um because if they score, it doesn't matter. Man City still went on two goals away. So they really need to chase it, like you said. What What do you think is going to happen? This is the worst possible scenario for, for Pochettino, I think. I think they got to somehow f- tap into what they did right in this first half. It's not going to be the same. Obviously, Pep and his team are going to have everybody uh, on their staff scouring in terms of not allowing that to happen. So I think we'll see maybe some some second half things. I, 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 I guess I'm just talking this out with everybody. I don't think that PSG are going to stretch themselves too thin in that first half. I think they're going to, I get the sense, be a little bit pragmatic. And then as the game wears on, you can start to take your chances. And you just hope in the first half that Mbappe can do something special by himself. Or You need to go in the first half. You, you do, you do, because that would put a lot of pressure on City. But they got that this half and it didn't deter City. City, City still remained calm. And, and, I, and I have a lot of respect for that. They didn't lose their way, even though I was still a little frustrated with them. When when they were still when they were down a goal, they took off Cancelo and put on Zinchenko. And I thought this game could use a number nine for City. You know, they they still play yeah, a lo- around the top of the through. box. They got yeah. like six guys around the top of the box and nobody really penetrating. And they needed something different up top. And fair play to Pep for not panicking and, and kind of staying true to that. And obviously, as we said before, got a little bit of good fortune with uh, Kevin De Bruyne goal, which allowed them to relax. And that's when PSG lost their minds and they took advantage of that. But I don't know. It's tough. I think if PSG comes in is a little bit more measured, doesn't stretch themselves too thin, keeps the, the counter in check for at least the halftime, and then you can start to, to take some risks. But that's playing right into City's hands. They know what's coming. 
and they're just going to wear him down with some possession, not let him have the ball and, and uh, take care of him from there. I thought PSG had a chance in this first leg. They had to get something out of this. So they had a, a better chance in leg two, but I think city's in complete control now. So with that, Jimmy, I want your initial gut reaction here because it's something that I brought up on Twitter. I'm wondering what you think. Uh, you know, now that we've seen Real Madrid and Chelsea 1-0 heading into Stamford Bridge in the second leg and now 2-1 to Man City against PSG. Are we seeing an old Premier <laughs> League final here, do you think? Or Yes, I, I think I think it's looking that way. I don't want to sleep on Ser- uh, excuse me, Real Madrid because of Sergio Ramos and a couple other players that could come back into and that team. Because it's Real Madrid, obviously. And it's Real Madrid, and they just have the DNA of success in this competition. And you can't sleep on PSG either. They do surprise you with some results. And if they do get a, a miraculous or heroic performance from a, a few players, then, then I think that they could potentially pull it off but that means five six seven other guys are going to have to have some of the best games of their life that might be a big ask especially for a team with PSG that does have a reputation of self-destruction and so you know uh, when you listen to our Europa League preview you know there could be another all-time all-premier league team as well this is going to be crazy so make sure that you listen to all of it and watch it as well on YouTube Jimmy Conrad thank you so much final thoughts before we say adieu Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go lay down. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) That's all that we need to know. Jimmy, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Liz. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod, and send us some questions and comments. We always love to read them and say them on the show. Also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Golasso, cbsports.com. Don't forget, we have our Europa League preview for the semifinals and our weekend preview coming up as well. Thank you so much for supporting us. It really means so much. Have a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.